Let's get educated. That's why we're here, to bring you the stories impacting K-12 classrooms and college campuses. It's time for a little education. Cheers, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. Pull up a chair. Stay for a little bit. We can be like Cheers, where everyone knows your name. And my name is Katie Petrick, and his name is David Fiorazzo. So we're happy to have you here with us. Well, all right, uh, middle school principal in New York City has no plans to remove one of the top 10 most controversial library books in the country because she says that, you know, graphic books about gay sex should be celebrated by all the 12-year-olds, David. Of course, that's what we are told all the time. Okay, let's just get into a few of the details here on this. The email correspondence, it was with a parent, and it was a middle school principal Elena Elster confirmed that the, there she is, controversial book, This Book is Gay, which is perverse, depraved, and offensive. It's by Juno Dawson. It was stocked in the middle school library. Did I say middle school? I didn't say high school. I didn't say junior high school. Katie, did I, did I, did you hear me say middle school school, library? Middle school for those, you know. Yeah, and and officials were not currently considering its removal from the middle school library. Library. So you know, 12 year olds, 13, they can 11, handle 11 it, right? 12, 13, 14 ish. Um, yeah. So the principal then seemed to question whether the parent was against exposing her child to people and ideas that are new and different. Are they new and different at this point? Um, oh boy. Well, to a lot of families that are trying to raise their kids right. Ah, yes. 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 They're I new see. and different. And so new does target that, them. New rarely means better. When you're talking about what's going on in, in high school, junior high, middle school curriculum. So the principal seemed to question about this. About the book, the, the American Library Association lists this book as the ninth most challenged book. Uh, this was a 2021 list for providing sexual education and LGBTQIA plus content. So let's talk about these uh, finer details of boy-on-boy and girl-on-girl sexual acts that are part of several of the books on this list, Katie. I know you you said you had to read one of these. Um, I've been out of school for a long, long time, so we didn't even have books like this when I was in school. But the first one, Gender Queer, um, that is the most challenged book. Now, I'm I'm assuming we'll soon see the 2022 list. So... um, We've talked about some of these long We've talked about at least half of these at this point. And the book I actually read was number six on the list, The Absolutely True Diary of a Part-Time Indian by Sherman Alexie. And I read that in college while I was getting my teaching license because it was a, like, children slash young adult literature course. So it was meant to, we read the books that they want to put into the schools for the children. That's why I read this book. It was assigned because they do want to assign that to the students and that's why i say if you're going through a college education program meant to get your license you will be made to care they will force you to read the things that they want you to then pass along to the children and that's just one example but in this specific book i mean we have an example of what they're including and what you see in front of you no that star was not included in the original copy. Yeah, let it be known we our producer put that put in. that star over the top of that area because, you know, frankly, I'm sick and tired of having to see the little graphic 
images of male genitalia. It seems to be more so, but male or female genitalia. And I can only imagine how a middle schooler would feel having to see it. But hey, hey, there's an arrow that points to, you know, where men, males, have their male parts. And if you look at the paragraph that they included to talk about that, they said, hey, if you're a guy, you'll already know that even a gentle spring breeze can be enough to inspire a stiffy in this super sensitive organ. But keep in mind that sex doesn't begin and end with your male part. part. Be creative, it says. Be creative. Oh, how inspiring of them. So this is a book, again, for middle, middle schoolers. schoolers. Middle it's schoolers. In this, this, mid- is this library, this book is gay. And, and again, as the middle school principal states. Oh, there's, I, a, there's an email. Oh, there's exchange. a free there email. Is. Yeah, yeah. There uh, it is. Because there was a question on it. How dare someone question it? But the, I guess, Elena Elster, who's the principal, says that, you know, as a parent, you have every right to monitor what your child is reading. Parents have very different opinions on what is appropriate for their children. Tell your child that you want to read certain books first to see if they are in keeping with your family values. Oh, she's mentioning family values. When you say you are at war every day, this again is in response to the parent, I am wondering if you are referring to the exposure your child is getting to people and ideas that are new and different, as we discussed before. This This is the best part. This is a public school and the children will be continuously exposed. There you go, no apologies. Period. No apologies. Just period. Get used to it. Just if you take that sentence, this is a public school and the children will be continuously exposed. Yep, that sounds about right. Out in the open, they are completely fine with just saying, yep, that's what we're doing. And they look back at you like, what are you going to do about it? Because in fact, what are you going to do about it, mom and dad? So it, this, I like the other, it's, it says they will be taught to question, analyze, and expand their horizons. Well, you know, some parents do not want their young children, middle school or younger, that are getting access to these books. They don't want them to expand those horizons, the sexual horizons. So, and how condescending, it's just some of the wording and the tone, this, this letter to the parent. Um, really sad. But um, anyway, we got to move on. Still to come, a sociology professor at Penn State tells all his students to go home and watch gay porn so that they can discover their bisexuality. Get your money back now, people. That's next. you know college kids they're still on break or some of them are taking winter so they're coming back from break but you know before they left Penn State the campus last semester for their said break well some of them were given some things to really to really think about maybe over Mm. the over the break we have sociology professor Sam Richards who we've talked about He's, he's known he's famous if you will in the academia world He's a, again, sociology professor, and that kind of says a lot about who he is. He, in December, during a discussion in his class that was titled Trans Issues, Turfs, and the Binary, (laughs) during the class, he told students we are all at some level non-binary. But he followed the science on that one, huh? We're all very much easily 
bisexual. Oh my Very much easily bisexual, he says. And to prove that we are all bisexual, he instructed his students to then watch gay and lesbian porn. And that's that proves what, it? That pr- hey, science. He's a sociologist. Remember, mm. that's science. Science right there. Um, he then directed towards any of the straight men who were in his class at the time. He said, if you feel that feeling, look in a mirror and say, huh, maybe I'm just feeling some things that I'm just afraid to release. And maybe you release that. And maybe you'd be surprised that maybe you actually are fine being more bisexual. We know that this is all of what he said because he puts a lot of his lectures on the YouTube so you can watch them yourself. Um, But that's how the students in Sociology 119 ended the semester. And if you're in Sociology 119, this is a gen ed course. If it's a 100 level course, it means it's not the upper level, let's really think deeply and you know, like psychology and sociology and all that would be. Nope, this is just the base. I need to take a sociology course. They're requiring me to. You take the easiest one you can. Anything in the 100 level, not 200 or 300 level class, not upper division, but sociology 119. Okay, I'll take that. It'll be easy. Blow off class. I'll get an A. He's taking blow off class to mean a whole different thing. That's all I'm saying here. Uh, So according to the university website, every semester, 725 students register for that class. 725 kids every semester get to hear this little interesting tidbit from our our friend sam richards garbage and it's the largest race and ethnic relations course in the country in that room this giant room that they must exist in they have the opportunity to re-examine the world and challenge what they believe to be their place in it from a new perspective what a sales pitch david honestly oh you know I don't usually like to read some of this, but th- this is just so twisted and, and bizarre on purpose, I think, um, in your face. Um, so in a lecture, one lecture, he goes into detail about how biological women can urinate standing up as okay. if that's supposed to prove anything. And how I'm tough he, as nails, that's what it proves. <laughs> he played a part in the gender transition of one of his students. Oh, okay. Of course. It's probably on his resume. Probably put it on a CV. And critically evaluated the beliefs of Christians and Muslims on the subject of homosexuality and trans- transgenderism. I bet he evaluated the beliefs. Critically. Of he Christians did critically and, oh, evaluate. Critically, I'm sure he, he was, was critical. Fair. I'm sure he was contextual. Oh, yes. Anyway, um, the class videos, it says here, also have discussed, no surprise, free speech, hate speech, and cultural appropriation isn't that nice and he actually the article came from campus reform so they were like hey mr richard there is a dr richards uh do you have any comment about this and if yep absolutely he would why not because if he's putting these live streams out on youtube he doesn't care what he's saying he believes every little bit of what he's saying he says when i discuss these issues i generally do so as a sociology a sociologist since that shapes how I see the world. What does that even mean? What is a sociologist? Because any sociology classes I've taken, any sociologist I've ever encountered is like thinking here, here, and here. How, what does that mean, how that shapes how you see the world? Anyway, from this perspective, he says, sexuality is actually quite complex. I have friends or acquaintances who've spent a long time in prison. And 
If you have friends and acquaintances, how many are we talking here who've spent a long time in prison? Good who are you question. hanging out with? Now, there's your critical thinking. And they have homosexual sex. In prison. Okay. Okay. Uh, they're straight All right. until they need or want intimacy, and then they have homosexual sex. When I've seen in my life is what I've seen in my life is that pretty much everyone can get aroused by pretty much anything sexual, including gay sex images or videos. And once aroused, in my humble opinion, I like how he said my humble opinion. Oh yes, very we humble. walked into the world of bisexuality and multisexuality. We've walked into a world of something, I'll tell you that much. Oh, we stepped in it, too, while we were walking in this world. But anyway, I feel like I have to shower now. Do you? After, after you this might. segment. Yeah, it, it, it's just, it, you know, this, this filth, you would have never considered it 50 years ago. Uh, okay, the sexual revolution was in the 60s. All right. At this so, point. Yeah, yeah. So let's just say, years let's ago, just say we'll 75 say. to 100 years ago. Let's, 100 years ago. Let's be safe. Yes. Our great-great-grandparents... Um, and so here we are talking about this, things that used to be discussed in hushes and whispers in almost an embarrassing way in our society. And today they're being proudly promoted from the K through 12 education system to the liberals in, in media and the entertainment industry. And of course, the university system, the college professors are literally shoving this in the faces and down the throats of their students, whether they believe it or agree with it or not, they're gonna they're gonna be forced to change. Well, and that's forcing change is really what they're about. And that's because that's Tolerant. what that what that's what you would see in the videos that he's telling them to watch is the shoving down. Anyway, we uh, are gonna end on this note, and I want <laughs> well, at I least want everybody you, knows your name in the classroom. Exactly. Though. I want you to get. Uh, you, I want to get your comments on this last thing that he said. None of this is a political statement or idea pushing for some radical gender radical gender agenda. It's just thinking sociologically and uh, thinking outside the box. Outside the you box. You comment okay. below, but hey, coming up, we have Harvard, the oldest and one of the most distinguished colleges in the country, and now they're offering a class on transgender medicine from infants to adults. Uh, yes, I did indeed say infants, so stay with us. Today's show is sponsored by our friends at MyPillow. Save up to 66% on pristine quality bedding, towels, slippers, signature pillows, and much more when you use the code EDUCATED. That's E-D-U-C-A-T-E-D, -E EDUCATED. Support this show and a great American company. You know, I'm glad. I'm so happy. All the little joys in my little heart here. I'm so happy that Harvard is now proving that it has truly become a hundred plus thousand dollar complete waste of an education. Because we have a clinical course that is run by an LGBT activist who's going to teach your Harvard Medical School students, your future best doctors of all the doctors in the land, how to administer LGBTQIA plus care for people from infants to older adults it's like from 1 to 99 but they want infants which is below one to older adults 99 i think still works now the course is called caring for patients with diverse sexual orientations gender identities and sex development anytime word to the wise anytime you have a course 
that is more than mm, three, four words, <laughs> you know yes. it is absolutely awful. Same thing goes with pretty much every paper that I, you've ever written where the title it has to go on to two lines. Nope. Nope. Word soup. It's just going to be word soup. Yeah. And that's what this is. We have a, the, the course itself being a four-week elective course. That's held mainly at the Massachusetts General Hospital, and it's available full-time every month. So, hey, it's only a month long. Everyone, come on in. The two directors of the course are affiliated with Mass General, and one of the directors is the activist pushing transgender surgeries for minors. Now, their names are Alex Kuroglian and Alberto Puig. And Kuroglian is a psychiatrist as well uh, at the Fenway Health Center. He's a radical LGBT activist who pushed gender-affirming health care on children, you oh, know. Of course. <laughs> uh, he also published research in 2021 that claimed that gender-affirming, at this point, every time we hear affirming, gender-affirming health uh, care led to better mental health outcomes among transgender children. But if they're already mental health because... They claim to be transgender, but then we're affirming it, so then we're making that mental health actually what... See where we're getting in confusion there? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Um, he attacked then, of course, Texas Governor Greg Abbott just last year for trying to prevent the practice of, of that, of affirming one's mental psychosis. Anyway, as the course is described... This elective is a four-week multidisciplinary clinical and scholarly experience that trains students to provide high-quality, culturally responsive care for patients with diverse sexual orientations, gender identities, and sex development. Many of these patients identify as lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, intersex, or asexual. LGBTQ+, what is it? LGBTQIA+. Clinical exposure and education will focus on serving gender and sexually sexual minority people across the lifespan from infants to older adults. David, question for you. Yes. You have male, you have female. Yes. You're going to be a medical student. Okay. Let's learn all about the male, all about the female. Okay. All right. No, no. Psh, rip that up, throw it out. Now you must learn all about the LGBTQIA plus, 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 plus. How? Yes. Have fun studying that. How the are you going to learn all that? The categories. How are you going to learn all the differences in all of them for all of their care, David? You know what? Uh, it, used, used just, it used to be called like the human body. When you're a doctor, you're treating human beings, right? Health. And you're supposed to help people that come to you with medical problems. One of the parts of the oath is do no harm. One of the first mm. things they mm -hmm. say, do no harm. Now there's a different interpretation of that. But I do want to go back to the headline and the Harvard University logo that's in the picture there. Um, and I've, I've shared this before. I've, I've written a lot about it. See the, those words, or the, the letters that say veritas? <laughs> that means truth. Mm -hmm. The original logo or motto in that shield, it was three parts. Right now it's just one word. Originally... In 1636, it was truth for Christ and the church. Yes, Harvard University, started by pastor minister John Harvard. They taught theology. They taught the Bible, the Christian worldview. And they had to be able to translate and understand the Bible and morality, assuming there is one God and one creator, and that there is only one truth. 
And there is absolute truth. So for Harvard to go from truth for Christ in the church, and now what you've just described in this course, you look at the word veritas and you have to ask, what have they redefined veritas? What, whose truth are they teaching now? See, they've made it about not God's truth and not reality. They've made it about the professor or the, the LGBTQ agenda or someone else's perceived truth or reality, which is not reality at all. But this is where we're, this is moral relativism. All right. This is what we're going through now. Yes. I'm going to give snaps, affirming. but not for affirming. Snaps for David. Snaps for David. He makes truthful comments. All right. Still to come. How much is too much to spend on a one-year-old's birthday party? Well, we have one family who's facing some major criticism after forking out thousands of dollars to host a McDonald's party with more than 100 people in attendance. Stay with us. If you have a smartphone, tablet, Roku, or Apple TV, consider downloading the Freedom Project media app. It's 100% free and includes all of our weekly shows, plus lecture series, archive programs, and award-winning animated videos for families like the Presidential Minute, Battles of America, and Heroes of the West. Don't rely on the social media giants to keep you informed. Simply download the Freedom Project media app from your app store and allow notifications. And we'll let you know when a new video is ready. All right, there's a Aussie couple, an Aussie couple, that had a big bash for uh, it, I guess it's a first birthday party, so it's like the this and this is another thing. The kid's not going to know it or remember what's going on anyway. Is this really get, a one year old? Get through the headlines, sir. Okay, then right, offer right. opinions. Aussie Jeez. couple I'm, are labeled bad parents for throwing a McDonald's themed first birthday party for their daughter, and you won't believe how much they spent. Well, it was what three thousand dollars on yes. the party with the McDonald's food and and the, uh, the other food they brought in, and the playground cost. $5,000. Now, I'm just going to say right away, I'll give you my two cents. I don't care what you do. Um, if you have that kind of money you want to waste uh, on meaningless things, like, like something your child will not even remember or appreciate, throw it away. But I can think of much better things you could do with your money. Katie, I'll just let you <laughs> share your two thoughts before I get going. This is fun because <laughs> you know, I, when I first read this story, they spent the five grand, by the way, before the birthday party. Oh, okay. So it's kind of made it played into it. Okay. But the fact that there's this much outrage over it makes me giggle because this is Australia. They, can do they have they a lot of things going on down in Australia. So maybe they all needed a little help. But I do have friends and other people I know, family members or whatever, who did extravagant birthday parties for their one-year-old. My children for made- For one-year-old? For one-year-old, for two-year-old, for three-year-old. They have to be at themes and everything. Why? And they spent hundreds and hundreds of dollars. This lady and this family spent thousands on, you know, McDonald's fries, which I don't like McDonald's, but again, you can do it. Good for you. The adults in attendance will remember. No, the kid will not remember at all. But there are pictures and now this viral article, basically, where the whole world's talking about well, it. Well, we're talking about we're it. We're talking about it. But I am cheap. I'm parsimonious, as we know. And so my poor children. Parsimonious. Parsimonious. Word of the day. It is. It's my favorite word. Uh, I My children will look back and be like, Mom, you clearly did not love us because you did not have an extravagant themed birthday party that of course I did not remember at all. 
but you spent weeks agonizing on? Oh, wait, I didn't. My friends did. Anyway, I think it's hilarious. It's insane to spend $3,000 on a one-year-old's birthday party, but you do you. That's, that's what you we know, say, right? Uh, you do you? Okay, yeah. That's the phrase, isn't it? They can you do whatever do. they want, but, but let's just look at what they get. Hamburgers, fries, nuggets, slushies, lollies, and cake. So th- they're not really interested in, in health food, obviously. <laughs> it's a party. Healthy. It's a party, that's party. right. Party. All right, well, of course, the inflatable slide. Mm-hmm, yeah. And they did uh, purchase the old McDonald's playground. Um, that's interesting. So th- I'm not saying they're bad parents because, again, Some people are, though. That's the problem is some people are saying they're bad parents for doing this. Well, it's, it's on them if they want to waste. And I believe they're wasting their money, on a, and even if it's a five-year-old. All right, maybe five years old and up, maybe you give them a nice party that they might remember but probably not but at least if you're a one-year-old you know they're not gonna have any recollection other than maybe the the videos you're gonna show them when they believe when they reach teenage age that they're not loved and nobody cares and you're gonna show them these pictures of this extravagant party you gave them when it was when then he she was one year old and then the the child will go oh I guess mom and dad did care because they blew three thousand dollars on food that was unhealthy but they did it for me but the, but the older daughter is going to be like, where was my party? Oh, boy. And there will be a fight. But anyway, hey, make sure you're hitting that like button if you're watching <laughs> us on social media. And please, hey, do send us your feedback on your thoughts, maybe to this story or whatever story you want, by going to stayeducated.org. Now, for David and myself, thank you for watching. Thank <sighs> you for listening. And thank you for supporting this show. Until next time, stay educated. Educated is directed and produced by Mike Menzel. Hosted by Katie Petrick and David Fiorazzo. Makeup and hair by Katie Scholl. Graphics designed by Dan Kaler. Educated is owned by Freedom Project Media. See other shows and content at freedomproject.com or download the Freedom Project Media app. Copyright 2023.